The Paunch Stevenson Show. PaunchStevenson.com. Episode 267. Saturday, July 11th, 2015. I am parched. You want to keep going? Yeah. Okay. But I'm parched. This is the Paunch Stevenson Show, paunchstevenson.com, episode 267. Mm. I am Rob, you are Greg. Last time I checked. And what's new? What's up? What's the story? So, um, you know, one of the, the failed celebrity encounters I had involved Arnold Schwarzenegger. I may cop you, idiot. Yes. So Arnold recently, I don't know if you... Did you see the video when he pranked his fans in Los Angeles? I don't think so. So Schwarzenegger... It's a prank, you idiot. Schwarzenegger dressed up as the Terminator. <laughs> okay. And... What, is, what, what do you mean dressed up as the Terminator? You know, wore the clothes... Like the metal skeleton and everything? Oh, the, the, the Terminator from like Terminator oh. 2. You know, the clothes, the, the, the makeup and everything. So he I, does I never saw it, so I don't know. Yeah. So he does that, and he shows up. At, he goes to, like, the Madame Tussauds, uh, you know, wax museum in Los Angeles. Uh, and he's standing there and waiting for people to, like, walk up to him. To, to the display. Yeah, and all of a sudden he would, like, start talking. And they'd be like, ah! <laughs> Did they finally realize it was him? Yeah, well, obviously. Was anybody like, ooh, wow, that's, what, that they have talking ones now? Well, and then there was so... Right, so then... <laughs> Then there was a few times where he was on the street and doing it. He did it to some Terminator, some Arnold impersonator. Nah. And a lot of times the people weren't even, like, realizing it at first. What do you mean? Like, they, they didn't think it was really him. Uh, they thought it was just an impersonator. Another impersonator. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to look that up. Oh, man. Is Arnold, funny? yeah, it's Arnold pranks his fans. It's very funny. He's a funny guy. So what was that in association with? Well, it's just part of his promoting of the Terminator uh, Genesis movie. Oh. But, I mean, it wasn't a funny or die or... No, just something like he made. Conan O'Brien thing or something. Yeah, so Arnold in New York, he, he went on Reddit, which I hate, and announced that he was doing a fan uh, screening <coughs> for the new movie. Of course, when I found out, it was too late and all the tickets were gone. So I went into New York for... Um, there was a couple options I had. There was that screening slash premiere. There was... The Ted 2 premiere, you know, with Seth MacFarlane, Mark Wahlberg. Uh -huh. Seth MacFarlane is notoriously difficult. He does not like stopping for fans. He's kind of a jerk. Um, and there's some other stuff going on, too. I was alerted, though, at the last minute that NBC Universal, their cable outlet, you know, which is USA and um, Lifetime, Bravo, Sci-Fi Channel. Is USA still a network? Yeah. That they were doing some kind of press event. The USA Cartoon Express. No. At a, at a hotel. So I, I went over there first because I was told that Zachary Levi, you know, Chuck. Yes. And Christian Slater was there. Ah. Yeah. Christian Slater. So, so I, did a beeline, I did a beeline over there. He should be the next penguin. <laughs> he already has the voice. I did a beeline over there and... I get there, and Christian Slater had already left. And uh, Zachary Levi, they said, was going to come back down. Okay. And there was a lot of other people that I knew from some of the sci-fi shows and stuff like that that I wanted to meet. When are we going to meet Louie Anderson? 
I could probably meet him at any time. You won't because you never come to New York. Louis Anderson. <laughs> Hot dog. So, <laughs> he's in New York? So, Zach, no, I don't think so. I think he has, like, a steady show in Las Vegas. Vegas. That's why he never comes out here. So, um, so Zach comes down, and he was really cool, and um, he was joking around with us, and... um, Did he still have his mohawk? He's a mohawk? Well, he did. For what? I don't know. Just for for life. Zach Levi. Yes. When did he have a mohawk? Uh, It was a couple of years ago. I don't remember that. Anyway, so he was there, um, and he was very nice. He signed I had an 11 by 14 Chuck, and he signed it, and you know, he was talking to us, goofing around, and um, got the picture. And th- I mean, he's as tall as I am. Yeah. He's huge. So he was nice, um, and really hardly anyone else came down. Um, and was unfortunate. They basically all went out the front door, which we couldn't see. Uh, which stunk, so I missed all those people. And then, so as time went on, you know, I could have gone to the Arnold thing, but I'm saying, you know, he's not going to stop. There's going to be a million people there. Blah, 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 blah. A royal screw-up on my part. Yeah, there he is. Oh, I don't know what that is. Mohawk. That's not really a mohawk. Yes, it is. Um, so as it turns out, Schwarzenegger, you know, he did the screening, then did a Q&A. Schwarzenegger, all right. Arnold, in the lobby of the theater, did a selfie or a photo with everybody there. What? Yes. Except? No, everybody. Except? Except me, because I wasn't right. there. Ah. And there was people who didn't have tickets who I knew snuck in, which is what I was going to do if I was there. I couldn't believe it. And then the worst part was he was doing a lot of signing at his hotel also. I'm like an idiot. I, didn't, I forgot to bring the thing with me, so I couldn't even go there to get it signed. Disaster. Outright disaster. I know. So uh, that was a disaster. So then, that night, I went with one of my friends to uh, uh, another show that Alicia Silverstone was doing. Clueless. Right. Kind of off Broadway. Uh. So we go there, and we go down into the into the lobby of the play, and I kid you not, <laughs> we had the playbills. We found them on the counter there was us two and there was two women who who had actually seen the play that night my friend had seen the play before so a couple of the the one actress comes out and greets us silverstone comes walking out down this little hallway with a co-star takes one look at us and and turns around and hides in in a doorway and i could see she was like complaining, doing something, telling the co-star something. I'm like, what the hell's going on? So he comes out, and this other woman comes out, who I knew from a TV show, and they greet us, whatever. And as they're doing that, Silverstone, she she walks right around everybody, behind everybody, and goes up the stairs and leaves. Of course, yeah. So I'm going to the guy, oh, she's, she's not stopping? There's, like, no one here. He goes, and you could tell, like, he didn't even feel like making, like, reeling the lie. He goes, oh, I think her son is sick. So wrong. So that was awful. And so when we go outside, we, we follow them out, obviously. There's nothing else, no one else there. We look, she is hiding on the, around the corner of the building, waiting for the castmates to walk down the street. So that she joins up with them. Is she psychotic? I think so. Oh, so wait a minute. Man, so, is, uh, so a few weeks later on there. Hold on a minute. 
If you don't want to be in the public spotlight, I understand. Don't be in the public spotlight. So a come few, on. A few uh, like a week or so later, I go back with another friend. Uh, we were in the area, so we're like, yeah, let's stop there. This time, she's coming up the stairs and out, and she starts to do a photo for one of the guys, and all of a sudden starts. She goes, she goes, oh, you guys are blue plant, blue pens. What? Blue pens. What does that mean? Meaning we're autograph dealers, you know, blue Sharpie. And I, I don't know what that means. Out of her mind. So she was, she stops and leaves, and well, the one guy is screaming at her. She's like, oh, this is too weird, man. I'm not, uh. Yeah, she's, she's right. This is mind. too weird. She's out of And then she did it. These other people I know went last night, and she did it again. Uh. One of them had a ticket. And she's like, what's that? She's like, oh. It's the you? ticket. She, she didn't even ask for her photo yet. She's like, can you sign the ticket? I just saw the play. She's like, oh, I know what this is. No. And just leaves. <laughs> Psycho. Oh, man. Psycho. I love it when millionaires want to rob people of, of you know. Awful. Any joy or <laughs> excitement or fun. or Like I said, even if the guy is going to sell it on eBay, how much is an autograph of Alicia Silverstone going to get? $10? Nothing. You're a millionaire. You're robbing the guy of $10. Nothing. What do you care? She's really psychotic. Jeez. Um... All right, let's see here. Um, I hear that the Lego, rather than plastic, they want to make their their Legos out of green materials. So Ed Begley will like Ed that. Ed Begley, yeah. He but bought now, the company. He did? Yeah. No. <laughs> and now the question is, so when they make Lego and kids go to, like, chew on them, they can just eat them. Yeah. Edible Legos. Is that safe? <laughs> we'll <laughs> be, see. we be buying a lot of Legos. <laughs> a dog going to be eating the Legos? <laughs> yeah. Well, that will, will that like be an infringement on Lego waffles? Like ego, ego, but Lego my ego, Lego my ego, <laughs> Lego my Lego. Well, they could team up now. True. Make a monopoly. <laughs> Make a Lego waffle. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's see. Oh, um. So uh, this was recent. I finally, after all these years, I. Finally got retweeted, uh, uh, responded to by William Shatner on Twitter. What? Yes. You finally. I've finally been retweeted by William Shatner. I. What was it? Can't believe it. Um. So Shatner has been doing this thing. There's this actor Misha Collins. Never heard of her. Um. Wait, hold on. Daughter of Phil Collins? No, no his, that's Lily Collins. She's uh-huh. an actress. Um, yeah, uh, let me let me just see real fast what the, what it what it said. Yeah. Some of my uh, retweets here. Queasy lover. Just a lot of vulgar tweets from mm-hmm. Spaceman David. In the hair tonight. All right, so, so that Shatner does this thing where he kind of has like jokingly makes fun of and attacks this guy Misha Collins, who's also an actor, and he said something about like him not appearing in San Diego Comic Con, and then I chimed in and was like, I was like, yeah, he only does these like high price supernatural 
conventions, which is the show that the guy's on, and so uh, or something like that. And uh, Shatner goes, "Yeah, well, you know, because the only people willing to see him are Supernatural. Nobody's ever heard of this, or ever heard of him, or something like that." You know, jokingly. So he responded to, "Yeah." <laughs> Within like a second, there was like, uh, like fifty replies to Shatner and me, ah. like attacking us. Ah. <laughs> Of course. They're like, what are you talking about? Misha Collins was at this convention. He was at that convention. This is Supernatural Gate. It was ridiculous. <laughs> That's funny. And I replied to a few, and then I just stopped. I was like, this is... I'm like, you people, don't you... Can you understand sarcasm it's here? It's a joke, people. This the man is an, is an actor. You have to write Get a Life. I should have done that. Get a Life. It's just a TV <laughs> show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, do that now. No, nah, it's too late. Well, how many days ago was uh, that? It was earlier in the week. Come on. It's too late. Uh, <laughs> Get a life. It's only a Get a life. Show. It's only a Twitter feed. Uh, I'm trying to see if there was any other interesting... Um, oh, I met... Um, you know, just real fast. I met the... Uh, remember the father from the Wonder Years? Yes. Dan Loria? I do, yeah. I met him on Broadway. He was a very nice guy. Very nice. I also met uh, JC, Jesse Eisenberg from from Zombieland and uh, yes, the <laughs> Facebook from uh, what was that movie? Social the Social Network. Experiment, Network. Social Network. Yeah, yeah. Zombieland, Adventureland. Was he able to talk, speak, and and look yeah, you nah, in the he's eye? He's weird. Or... He's weird. He doesn't smile. He was looking down on the floor. No, he looks straight ahead. He just doesn't smile. He's very weird. Um, so that, um, that was that was nice. Uh, nice enough to give you a picture, right? Sure, and he signed some... Jesse Eisenberg's a nice guy. He's just weird. <laughs> now, wait. When you went up to the Wonder Years father guy... Yeah. <laughs> first of all, did you tell him you met Fred Savage? No, what does he care? And then did you... Did you go... What would you do with my <laughs> How did you... No. 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 Um. Anyway, so um, that was that was Shatner. Shatner tweet finally got retweeted by a Shatner. Um. Oh. And this is you know perfunctory. I have to I have to mention this. The douche. Yes, Eliza. Uh. So while I was I was in New York anyway for some other stuff and. I forget what the hell I was doing, but she one of this, this independent movie that she was in. I was on a Kickstarter for Kickstarter for Jane wants a boyfriend or something. She shot it in Brooklyn. They were doing a screening. I knew they were doing a screening, but she was not billed as attendant. Okay, so I'm like, oh, I'm not going. And so at the last minute, she posts that she's there. Ah, it's at like some hotel downtown. I'm like, damn it. If I had known beforehand, because I, I didn't check Instagram like right away, if I had known, I would have just gone down there. She, you know, she would have gotten me in, and I didn't know. And so when I went down there, it was already you know ending, and uh, I so, saw. Her. So you did go there. Yeah, and I saw her there, and, and she was with one of her friends, and um, I talked to her for like ten minutes or whatever, and then they went somewhere to have dinner. You got a photo, so that she was. Didn't cool. invite you? No. Come on, it's ten thousand dollars. 
she, uh, no, look, she was very friendly the whole night. She's like, oh, man, you know, I'm, I'm only here for the one night and blah, 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 which was true. But um, the, the, her friend uh, from Los Angeles, this woman, was like, wanted nothing. Didn't like want to like look at me, or she was whatever. She was like seemed very annoyed. So uh, clearly, was <laughs> gonna invite me. Uh, um, but anyway, um, because we were standing there talking for like ten minutes, and this girl kept like working at her phone. Gotcha. So anyway, um, she was blocking you. Uh, yeah, no, because Eliza was like, he's like, she's like, oh yeah, he came to Uganda with us, and she's like, ah. Eh. <laughs> blocking she was a blocker uh no so uh anyway so uh, you know the dush now the dush is shooting for this uh cinemax show called banshee it's been shooting that Ooh, show banshee. no i actually watched this show a little bit in its first season and then just you know grew tired of it uh but now i'll have to watch it since she's in it and uh, she was very uh, uh, kind of apprehensive the other day that they're making her do like, mo- like kind of like a lot of nudity or Cinemax. close to. Yeah, it's Cinemax. And I'm like, don't you? It's Skinamax. Right. Have you ever, have you ever heard that word? Exactly. Skinamax. Come on. So, uh, yeah. The douche. All right. Um, <clears throat> got anything before I move on to the next... Uh, Yes. So, speaking of Kevin Smith... Okay. Have you ever heard of his movie called Tusk? Yes. <laughs> Did you watch it? No. So, I have a review. You saw it? It's starring Justin Long. Oh, boy. Who I met. And, believe it or not... See, they were there. This was inspired by the Paunch Stevenson show. Really? So he plays a podcaster who goes up to the woods. This has nothing to do with Fleetwood Mac. Uh, <laughs> actually, it does. But no, um, he's a podcast. Justin Long's a podcaster. He goes in, into the woods, and because he wants to interview this crazy old guy, who. Uh, f- <laughs> who had gotten stranded in the Arctic and had to kill a walrus to, to survive because the walrus was attacking him. Yeah. So then the old guy made it back to, to whatever. He just ended up living in the woods. And Wait, walrus? Him. <laughs> what? I'm confused. Okay. Justin Long heard about this old guy who at some point in his life had gotten stranded in the Arctic mm-hmm. and this walrus was attacking him and he had oh. to kill the walrus okay. to live. Right. And then he made it back to, I guess, the U.S. or whatever. Right, right. And then and just was so traumatized by the experience, he just, he just lives in the woods now. Fine. So Justin Long, the podcaster, found the guy, went to his house in the woods to interview him. Yeah. For his podcast. And the guy is so crazy. Out of it, yeah. He's so crazy that he thinks that every human who he who's like, you know, approaching him is a walrus trying to kill him. 
So he starts trying to kill uh, Justin Long. <laughs> and he ends up capturing Who him. Who plays this Tusk guy? I don't know. Some, some old, I don't know. I can't remember. But <laughs> look it up. So anyway, so so he ends up capturing Justin Long and uh, like strapping him to a chair and he gives him drugs and, and makes him like he knocks him out, knocks Justin Long out. Mm-hmm. Justin Long wakes up and he's missing a leg. Oh, boy. And he's like, he's like, uh, hey, I'm a little confused here. What happened? And the old guy's like, oh, uh, you got bit by a spider. <laughs> oh, it's it's uh, Michael Parks. I don't know, whatever. He was at The Last Chiller. He was one of those... Him and, and Rip Torn were, like, totally out of it. I don't remember. Yeah, it was him. Um, so he did, oh, uh, a, a spider bit you and knocked you unconscious, and I had to amputate your leg to save your life. Okay. Oh, gee, all right, thanks. So he lets him go. And then he captures him again, drugs him again, ties him to the chair again. Justin Long wakes up. He's like, all right, now I'm really confused because where's my other leg? And he's like, oh, another spider bit you. I had to, I had to chop off your leg. <laughs> so he's like, he's like, all right, listen, just let me out of here. spider? <laughs> right. He's like, look, he's like, all right, I appreciate your help, but forget it. I'm just going to, just let me out of here. I'm going to go home. There's no legs. <laughs> I know. So then the guy gets really crazy and he's like, oh, you ain't going anywhere. Now he's So he starts taking, so he has Justin Wong's legs and he starts taking like the skin and the fat and the muscle from the legs and starts like taping it to to the rest of Justin Long's body to make him fatter. Yeah. And he takes the bone from the legs and glues them inside Justin Long's mouth to have like walrus tusks. <laughs> okay. And he keeps doing these things and he won't let Justin Long go and he just <laughs> keeps like showing him walrus movies and stuff and like trying to brainwash him until by the uh. end of the movie now, you know, however, you know, however many days has gone by, by the end of the movie, Justin Long, if you look it up, he looks like a walrus, like in, in you know, like a walrus suit. Yeah. And he's like flopping around on the floor like a walrus. He can no longer speak English. He can only yelp like a walrus <laughs> because he thinks he's a walrus now. And, you know, a, a certain amount of time has gone by and his girlfriend is getting worried about him. So they track him down, right? The girlfriend and, and some other friends track him down. And the girlfriend, like, goes into the cabin and 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 uh, and finds Justin Long as a walrus, transformed into a walrus, <laughs> flopping walrus. around on the floor, like, going, you know, ooh, 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 whatever. Doesn't get weirded out or anything and says, oh, I'm so glad I found you. Hey, you're a walrus now. I'm going to take you to a zoo and you're going to live at the zoo now with the other walruses. The end. <laughs> I'm not sure if it happened exactly that way. <laughs> it was stupid. Uh... I'm telling you, that's how it ended. He went to go live with the other walruses. Did you see the picture of the of the costume? I'm looking for it. It's not 
You just type in Justin Long Tusk Walrus. I know. I was on IMDb. No, a Google Images. Well, apparently, you know, he's making two spin-offs of this of this what? movie. What? Yes. <laughs> Why? What else is he doing? It was a Kevin Smith movie. Yeah. So the next one, because he, he needs stuff for his daughter. His daughter thinks she's an actress now, so he needs uh, stuff for her to do. What, what's his daughter's name? Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn Smith? Uh, you know, like the Batman character, Harley Quinn. Um, it's called Yoga Hosers. What is that? I don't know. Uh, 15-year-old yoga nuts, after-school job at a convenience store in Canada called Eh to Z. Eh. Um, and then it goes crazy. And then there's a third one. Oh, apparently Johnny Depp is in this one, too. And then, and and Justin Long in some way. And Haley Joel Osment again. And Genesis Rodriguez. So it's like almost the same cast. So, um, in some fashion... Um. Oh my God! <laughs> it's a walrus. Awful. So in some fashion, um, um, the third one will be called uh, what the hell is it called in there? Yoga hoses? No, moose jaws. Oh, and Kevin shit. Smith describes it as jaws, but with a moose. <laughs> it's called Moose Jaws? Moose Jaws. Oh, God. <laughs> Picture. Tusk. Alright, so what else? So is that a horror movie? I guess. Why did you see that? I don't know. It was stupid. Well, now you have to see all the spin-offs and report on them. No. You don't I, have a choice. I will not. No, you have no choice now. Um, all right, so next, this is a big one for me. Finally, I got to meet the great, the one, the only, Huey Lewis. Oh. In the news. Hip to be square. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Hip to be a triangle. So. <laughs> Pelvis to be a rectangle. So this was courtesy in, in some way, of uh, of our friend Cassine Gaines. Yes. We don't need roads. The pop culture historian. Back to the Future book is out. It's yeah. been out. Buy it. Yes, very interesting. Great, <laughs> great birthday present, great holiday present. So. For real, it really is. I agree. So, this is one of the things we've been talking about with him was... Um, you know, I told him that I now, I saw Huey Lewis, I'm like, you know, I haven't seen, the la- the only other time I saw Huey Lewis in the news was in 2001, I think, and they were at the uh, the PNC Bank Art Center, which is, it's in like New Jersey, and that's a place where it's like, it's outdoor, but like a, like the, the, the stage and a bunch of the seats are, are covered, and then the rest is just on a, you know, grass yeah, it's like uh, it's like Prospect Park and you know the band shell in Brooklyn. Yeah. So um, similar setup, but, but but bigger. Right. And um, used to be called the Garden State Arts. Center. Yes. I pro- it was probably Garden State Arts Center when I saw them there. So they when I saw them then they were on the heels of this new album called Plan B, which I really liked. 
and nobody bought, but I really liked it. Plan 9. And they were <laughs> they were playing a lot of the songs from that. And this was at a time when um, Huey still had like the like perfectly Huey'd voice. Yeah. He hadn't like aged or whatever really from it, so it was really good. And again, I was eight miles out. <laughs> well, still good. So I'm like, you know what? I, I want to see them again, and I want to try and meet Huey Lewis. So, because I knew he's very friendly when you go to meet him. And a lot of the other gigs that he's done, like they were in like Atlantic City or Philadelphia, not really northern New Jersey. So he's at the NJ Pack Center in Newark, where we saw Rodriguez and Bob Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. So hey, I never knew like where was the stage door to this place. I assumed where it was, and now that I know where it was, obviously we screwed up and could have easily met Rodriguez uh. because we were parked, I think, like five feet away. Uh. And. Zip, zip, zip. I don't know, Dylan. He's tough, though. He's yeah. tough. Nah, I wouldn't care anyway. Yeah. What was I gonna say? You sound terrible. <laughs> you play a song I've heard before, please. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man. I didn't play that. Mr. Tambourine Man. What? Play Tambourine. a song for me. me. Um. So, I'm like, you know, I don't know where it is, and so. I was, you know, I'm like, I don't know if I can meet them. So then I told Cassine that I had the two tickets. And uh, and I said, yeah, by the way, do you want to go? Because, you know, I knew he'd spoken to Huey Lewis on the phone and blah, blah, blah. For the book. Yeah. I was just asking him, you know, to be friendly or whatever. And he's like, he's like, I'll do you one better. I'll get us backstage. Ah. I'm like, no, you won't. And for like weeks and weeks, he kept saying... He's like, don't worry about it. We'll have no problem. I'm like, no, no, they'll never let us backstage. So basically, he contacted Huey's people, who he said were very nice, yeah. and said, look, you know, I have the book that I interviewed Huey for. I'd like to give it to him as a gift, whatever. And so they're like, okay. So they let us know like three days before. Right. And so we went, and they're like, look, you know, there's a lot of people that get these backstage passes, so... You're not going to have a lot of time with them. Right. So, of course, I'm freaking out like, oh, my God, is he going to stop? Ugh. So we sit there for the concert. The concert, I, I you know, was great. It was a few, two or three songs where Huey Lewis, eh, eh, The voice. He can't really do them anymore, yeah. do them well. But the other ones were fine. And in his, in his encore, they did, like, a ton of songs in the encore. Including, you know, because Cassine was there, of course, both of the Back to the Future songs. Right. Back in Time and Power of Love. Yeah. What so, about... If this is it! What? If this is it. Oh, uh... Yeah, they do that song. Happy to be stuck with you. I think... I don't think he did that one. No. Like, the only major ones that I could think of that he didn't do was, like, that and doing it all for my baby. I think he skipped those. How, the, um... What's the the rock? Uh, what the what's the song? I'm Heart of Rock and Roll. Heart of Rock and Roll. Yeah. yeah, I did that. They start off. They start off with Heart of Rock and Roll and If This Is It. Oh, right. now the funny thing about that is, um, that was like the first Huey Lewis in the News is the first like band that I've ever been a fan of and remain like hardcore. 
Since are, I was a little kid. Is there a word for Huey Lewis fans? I don't know. Newsies, New- maybe? Newsies, yeah, you're a newsie. Uh, no, I just made that up. Um, <laughs> so, um, and the first ever cassette that I ever got, like, my parents or whatever to buy for me was this, like, I think it was a bootleg, but... <laughs> what? It was this crappy, like, single cassette where the A side was harder rock and roll and the B side was if if this is it. Ah, there you go. So, I, I, that was great. So, I brought with me the vinyl uh, sports album that you had given me <laughs> several years ago. Even though I don't have a record player, but that's fine. It's, it oh, was hanging... collectible. It was hanging on my wall in a case the same as my Weird Al uh, polka party. Nice. That Weird Al hated. Um, so I had that with me. So they gave us like a ba- like a sticker to put on us. So after the show was over, we went down, went into the room, and it, basically it was like a like a cafeteria, like a break room at your office. Oh. That's all it was. There were some couches. Room. Yeah, it was like some couches, table, chairs, whatever. Yeah. We go in there, and first of all, Cassine and I are probably the only people under the age of fifty in the room. Nah. Everybody else was old. The young fans. Well, the thing was, I think most of the... It seemed like all the people there, most of the people, had... Because Huey Lewis, at one point, had gone to, like, middle school or high school near Princeton, New Jersey. So he's rich. For a few years. Um, I think he was an army brat. I think his father was in the military. They moved around a lot. So um, he knew a lot of those people. So a lot of... You know, those people are, like, his age, 60s. So they were there. It seemed like those were most of the people. So... Which was good because... When the other band people came in, I just went right to them. It was only bothering them. Um, I got the um, the drummer, Bill Gibson, who was very nice. Um, the original keyboardist. Uh, I forget his name. Sean Popper. Sean Hopper, sorry. Hopper. Um, he was cool. Uh, the original guitar saxophone guy, Johnny Kala, who's written a lot of the stuff. He didn't even come into the room. He was walking down the hallway, and I barely saw him and caught him in time before he left. And then there was Huey. I also got their bass player has been with them for a while. Hugh Lou. So Cassine and I, so we go up to Huey, and Cassine goes first, and he shows him the book, and he's like, he's like oh, yeah, you're back to the future guy. And uh, um, so he's, like, joking with us, and... <laughs> So this is what I was telling you before was that Huey was, he was friendly, but I think like he was, I think he was pretending to be annoyed with us. Why? To like joke with us. Okay. Because, because he goes, he sees us and he goes, first of all, he shows him the book and he goes, Cassine's like, look, I, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to have a copy of the book. And if, if you could possibly sign one of the copies for myself. And so here he's looking at it, and Cassine had had two books with him. One of the books he had signed a thank you in it to Huey Lewis. Mm. The other book was blank. He wanted Huey to sign it. So, so he goes, I'm going to give you this. So Huey takes the one that was blank, and he's like, well, I really like this book. And Cassine's like, no, 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 no. I want you to sign that for me. He's like, I, no, but I really like this one. <laughs> so I think he was just like messing, messing with him. Which is funny. So he did that. He took a picture with him. And then I went. And I was like, oh, Huey, oh, my God. I've been a fan forever. And he's like, cool, man. And then I go, I was like, look. And I showed him, oh, I showed him, um, um, 
what the, I forget what the hell the, the I have it on audio, but I don't remember what the, the, the process was, but I think I got the picture with him and then I wanted him to sign something. He's like, he's like, ah, oh, you can't have both man. One or the other. And I was like, Oh, and I think he was just joking again. He was joking with me, but of course my blood pressure like blew up. So, uh, I had him sign, he signed the album. And then uh, he also signed, I had a CD uh, insert from the Four Chords and several years ago album they did about 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. They covered all like old like Motown R&B yeah. standards. I loved the album. And, and I told them, and I told each of the band, original guys that I met, I was like, man, you know, I love that album. I listened to it a million times. That like, it, it was true. It literally... I was sick of like grunge and no doubt and all that crap that was coming out. Bush, Foo Fighters, and it was the one I really hate. um, uh, The Resnick guy. Nine Inch Nails. No, 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 not Nine Inch Nails. Uh, The other guy, um, the Goo Goo Dolls. I hate them. So I was sick of that crap. Sick of it. Right. And this album was, you know, kind of came along. I Hugh Lewis and I bought it and I listened to it. And I then started to like find, search out and find like classic music. Right. Other than the Beatles. Right. Or the Beach Boys. And I told him that. I was like, man, you know, you open all these doors for me. And, and he was like, eh, thank you, man. He's like, and then he was like, you know, the, the, the he goes, you know, the, the, the secret of that album. I'm like, no, I don't know. He goes, he goes we re- it was recorded live, man. Good. Yeah, and so good. he was, yeah, he was really nice. And Jim was joking with everybody there, and um, that was it. We left. Oh, there he is. It's me. I'm coming. I don't really know, really know where you were. Okay. I need help, brother. So that one's yours. And this is my friend Greg. Hey, Greg. Lifelong fan. Great, great. You mind taking a? All right, here we go. <laughs> 13. Yeah. Any luck? Or if you didn't, too late. <laughs> Good to see. Yeah, I guess so. Sure. Okay. Okay. So, you know, this is what's new about modern age. The old days, you'd sign autographs. Right? Can you do that? No. One of the other. I mean, is it fair that I take a photo and sign an autograph? I don't think it's fair. <laughs> but, but at some point, enough's enough. You know, it's going to be. Oh, that's. Oh, yeah. Take, you know, this is going to wind up on eBay. Never. Can I just say, I heard this album, the Four Chords album, and you really right. opened my ears. Really? Yeah, and I know oh, I'm nice going to say. I'm going backwards. I'm going go further back now. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you're doing the same. Hey, Joe. Cool. Yeah. Where's Dave? That's what I'm getting. But yours are right in my hand. Oh, thanks. Okay. Oh, yeah, sure. You want me to take it? Yeah. 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 Ye
Huey Lewis! You got a picture. Of course. So he did both. Yeah, yeah. He was just, again, I think he was like just joking with us. He's just having fun. Cool. All right, good. Well, the whole time I heard him in the background when I was talking to the other band members, like, you know, cracking jokes and whining and stuff. Yeah. So that was uh, that was a uh, huge, obviously, thank you, Cassine, yes. for uh, hooking me up there. Pop culture historian. Now listen, if he really is truly the foremost pop culture historian, he needs to do a Paunch Stevenson book and document... <laughs> he needs no. to document the 10-year history of the Paunch Stevenson show because we are... Up there with Back to the Future and right. Huey's Playhouse and, uh, you know, it's a Christmas story. Well, we're still going. Punch Stevenson show. Anyway. Yeah, I'm sure he'll sell a lot of copies of that book. <laughs> At least two. So anyway, um, that was a lot of fun. And there's still one one Christmas miracle that he still can perform for us. Cassine Games? Yes. He promised. Uh-oh. I got to remind him. That's the thing. I keep forgetting to tell him. Um, but he's in, he's in the, like, in his tour right now. He's going to London. All right. So then, um, the next musical excursion I had. Sir Paul. What? Paul McCartney. That's right, love. That's right, love. Apparently, Paul McCartney is still doing this out there tour that you saw two years ago. Rock-a-duck-a-doo, love. Oh, my God. So, here's the thing. I knew McCartney was doing... I knew... I, I didn't... He had added this show in Philly at the arena down there, maybe back in April. Okay. And I just hadn't thought about it. So, it was like in June, and my mom's... My mom's birthday is actually the same day as McCartney's. But, of all things. So... You know, I was like... Because at first, I was going to take my mom for a birthday to the... Uh, to a Hall and Oates concert. Nah, Hall and Oates. Well, they were playing at Red Bank. Oates and Hall. But the tickets are too much money. I'm like, no, it's ridiculous. A hundred, hundred and something dollars for Hall and Oates? Man eater. Come on. Cash eater. Can't, well, yeah. Maybe next year. So anyway, um, so then I realized, and this was, the concert was on like June 21st or something. It was a Sunday. Weird, it was a Sunday night. Um... So I noticed, like, uh, around a week before that on StubHub there were tickets for the concert. And a few of them were decent seats, you know, that were somewhere in the bowl of the stadium, uh, for, of the arena. And they were a eh, hundred and something dollars each, you know, 140 or 50 or 60 or something like that. So I'm asking some people, I'm like, well, like, do the tickets go down on StubHub? Should I wait? And everybody's like, oh, yeah, wait till the last day. Don't worry about it. I'm like, okay. Right. Big mistake. No, no. I waited till the last day. They just kept going up, the prices. I think what happens is that the arena, because they only sell like a third of the tickets to the general public anyway. Okay. And I think that the arena, you know, the promoter holds all these tickets back. They put them on StubHub, jack up the prices as it gets later, and then they pull them all off. 
because I'll tell you why in a second what they eventually do with them. So the price kept going up, and I'm like, I, I don't know about this. And I asked you, and you're like, I don't pay more than 150. Yeah. I'm like, but what if he doesn't tour? You know, for a well, long time. More, no, but, like, come on. When when each ticket for the cheapest ticket is more than three hundred dollars, that's yeah, ridiculous. Crazy. Come on, that's ridiculous. So what I did was, so I finally on the day of the concert, I, I we got in the car and I'm like, all right, we'll just drive down there. I have an idea. So we drive down there and I'm on the app on the StubHub app, checking it, and I'm and I'm still waiting for like the prices to. To go down. Right. I'm like, what? what is happening here? I'm waiting for the prices to go down. And they're not going down. And I'm getting more and more fed up. Yeah. So we get there. We park. It's like 7.30. The show technically started at 8. So we get out of the car. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I, gotta, I guess I got to go to a scalper? Or, uh, I don't know. So, you know, the scalpers, you know, doing their thing. And then there's, like, security guards chasing after them. And it's... What? I'm like, all right. And I'm like, all right, follow me. I'm going to try something. I have, this, I have this idea. Because I'd heard people talk about this, you know, like at Madison Square Garden. So I walk into the box office. I walk up into the line. And there's a few people ahead. And I'm like, oh, do you have tickets available? They're like, yeah, well, here's the chart. Of the prices. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, all right, well, what's the best one they have available? They're like, okay, on, this, on the floor, it's 200 something here. I'm like, give them to me. Just wow. give them. I, I, I can't miss this now that I'm, I'm freaking here. Right. Once in a lifetime. So I'm figuring, now these were all the way at the back of the floor. Figuring, well, these are good. These are up close, whatever. And they were, but the problem is you basically had to stand the whole time. Yeah. Uh, which was annoying several hours yes well the worst thing was the show didn't start till like 8 45 i don't know where mccartney is this whole time they always start late <sighs> he always starts like he's an, an opening late. act obviously right. right so uh he comes out and um you know I, again like you said I, I thought he performed very well They're, like he did i don't know why he does maybe i'm a maybe i'm amazed yeah. it's, he can't do that it's not good um, I was kind of, I mean, he basically did the same set list that you saw. Of course. You realize it. I was hoping he would do, like, some of the 80s music I like coming up. or nah, um, don't do that. Uh, what, what's the one with, uh, where he's, he's... Say, say, say. No. The one where, in the music video, he's in the club. He's driving the uh, truck. Take it away. Take it away. Yeah. He, didn't do, he doesn't do that uh, anymore. No, I know. Nah. Ballroom dancing, and, uh, pipes of peace. Well, I don't care about those. None of that stuff. So, you know, uh, this uh, one, this one, nah, figure do that. made. Uh, yeah. Luckily, he didn't do dancing all night. Oh, dance all night. <laughs> I will say one thing though. He did play three or four songs that he had, that he's written in the last fifteen years or so. Right. And live, I got to tell you, it didn't sound that bad. Uh, he has a few good ones live. Right. And I've heard them on the radio, and I'm like, oh. Yeah. But he was very good. Told you know, told some goofy stories. And did they have the really um, bad computer graphics behind him on the screen? I didn't really notice. With different characters and stuff. Maybe they had a lot of pictures, oh, like yeah. photos of the Beatles and his wife and all. Um, but no, I, you know, it was very, a, a very, it was loud, but a great yeah. concert. Live um, and let die. Yes, he did that. The explosions. Yeah. Um. <laughs> 
And, uh, you know, that was very good. And at the end, he did this thing where, you know, he took, like, two or three women up there who had these dumb signs and, like, signs them for them, takes uh, a picture with them. I'm like, damn it. Like, no wonder these people have these dumb signs are holding up. He had the British flag. Oh. He's waving the British flag. I don't remember if he did that. But, uh, yeah, it was a great concert. So that's on the off the bucket list, off the see them before they're dead list. When he, when he played Blackbird, yeah. did the piece of the stage that he was standing yeah, on go up like 50 air. feet high? Yeah, it's the same setup. It's the I same know. tour. And I'm just saying. Yeah, it's yeah like, it went up. It's a little unnecessary, but yeah. it's his thing. His voice mm, can't quite do that song. Blackbird? No. I thought that was one of the Walk songs. Singing in the dead of night. He he can't. Uh, I that was one of the songs that he, I I felt like maybe he. I mean he does it, but just retire it. Uh, also, let it be. He sounded bad on. Let it be. Yeah. Ba- maybe I'm amazed. Not good. Yeah. Oh. oh well. Um. What else? Oh, so then. So did you meet him? No. Oh. Kidding me? At that time. Uh, should have just ran up on stage. Yeah, all right. Like, hey, Paul, can you do a bumper for me? Anyway, so uh, <laughs> that would have been great. It conf- blew up the confetti. I had confetti in my ear. Yep. Um, Same thing at uh, at the Barclays. Well, luckily, I got out of there in pretty good time. It was a pretty good flow of traffic. Yeah. So, um, so on one of the the times, you know, the the when I was talking about the Schwarzenegger thing that I missed. There was a guy from Britain, one of these autograph uh, guys that we know, and um, he was the. He, in fact, he was the one that Zach Levi was joking about in the video that I put on Instagram. And he's like, "Where's Barry? We thought Barry would be here." Okay. So um, this guy was coming. He was walking somewhere, coming back towards us, and we're like, "Where is he?" And he goes, "He goes, oh, you never believe it. You never believe who I saw." We're like, who? I'll give you, I'll give you two guests. It's like the biggest name, or English biggest name ever. And I'm like, English biggest name ever. And I'm, I'm saying, I don't Phil know. Collins. I don't know, Daniel Craig or something. I, I, I don't know. Catherine Zeta. For some reason, we couldn't figure it out. He goes, yeah, Paul McCartney. Uh, I literally like fell off the ledge. I was sitting. I was like, what? Where? He's like, don't it. He's like, oh, forget about it. I'm like, what happened? He goes, so he's, so the guy's walking back to us anyway, and he's, he's, you know, he's in the midtown there in the fifties and he's like, I'm walking along and he's like, I see this guy, looks like McCartney. He's just walking there, I guess with his wife. And he's like, and he's like, he's like, it was a perfect moment where the sun came through the buildings and shone right on him. And it was, it was him. So he go, runs over and he goes up to him and he's like, you know, he's doing the thing. Like, oh, you know, I love you, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, okay. And he's like, you know, oh, can I have an autograph? No, I don't really do that, love. What? And I, and I said to him, I was like. What is he, turning into Ringo now? I said, uh, oh, did he, he end every sentence with love? He's like, oh, yeah, I kept calling me love. Ah, see, I, I, I'm doing an accurate impersonation. So he goes, um, he goes. He goes in, he's like, oh, can I have a picture? And he's like, no, I don't really do that either, love. What? <laughs> what do you mean he doesn't do this? He does. He doesn't want to be bothered on the street. 
And so he's like, he goes to him, he's like, oh, you know, I'm just trying to have a moment here, okay, love? Meaning, like, leave me alone. Right. Somebody said that, like, his new wife and him are, like, germaphobes. <laughs> so they don't want to touch anyone. Like Jerry Seinfeld. I don't know. But I was to like... touch him. I was like, oh, my God. I could have seen him on the street. Look, even if I got no photograph or no audio recording or no autograph from him, to actually speak directly right. to Paul McCartney right. is, is enormous. Right. Uh, oh. So, yeah, that happened. What else? So you're always saying, how do you meet Paul McCartney? He's, just, he's walking all over New York. Just hang out in New York. Yeah, hang he's out in all New over York. the place. He's just a jerk. Nah. Peace and love. <laughs> oh, Ringo. Peace and love. So, um, oh. I was having a, something I was going to show you here. Do you have anything else, by the way? The big one. What big one? Oh, we didn't get a celebrity death yet. I'll go that do that in a second. So I went to this uh, a video game convention. I've never been to a strict video game convention before. I went to too many games. Wait this is this is uh, outside Philadelphia. Classic gaming expo. No, too many games. I know, but didn't you go there? No, I've never been there. Oh, okay. So. There's too many games. This is outside Philly. And uh, so I went there. It took about an hour and 45 minutes to drive there. And I went there on the Sunday. They've had this for a number of years. And this is the pro. The program is stupid, but... Um, <laughs> well, it's a, an issue of Nintendo yeah, Power. Yeah, it's supposed to be, you know, kind of a, a fake of Nintendo Power, you know, whatever. Oh, wow, yeah. Uh, so I went there for, for two reasons. One was... That uh, mainly I wanted to uh, interview a couple of video game YouTube stars. Uh-huh. And I'll get to that in a second. And um, there was some guys, uh, you know, uh, Game Sack. There was a guys that I watch a lot. Game Sack? Sack, yeah. There a couple of guys, Dave and Joe from uh, Denver. <laughs> game yeah. Sack. It's a good show. Also, Pat the NES Punk. I saw him there. Oh, it's Pat. No, not that Pat. I saw other few people, some indie developers and people that I knew from Nava that were there. Um, And, uh, you know, some of those guys. And I got some footage for the Digital Press podcast. That was, you know, one of the other reasons I was there. So I had a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun there. Um, I'm going to show you this. Uh, video game related here. I don't know if you've ever seen these. I've shown it on the Digital Press Podcast. This is a uh, uh, Hori N64 controller. It was like a mini pad that they made. A what? A mini pad. A what? Mini pad! I know. What mini pad? N64. said that. A what kind? N. Why am I repeating myself? What kind of N64? I don't know. Pad. Game controller. Hori. Well, that's, a, that's how it's said in Japanese. A hori. Hori. H-O-R-I. Yeah. Okay. So this is much may smaller I, than... touch it? Much smaller than the regular uh, N64 controller. Yeah, it is much smaller. And it's a bit expensive. Very uncomfortable. Mm. I uh, know that on some of the video game forums mm. online... I know that there's a lot of people who absolutely. Oh, 
had that happen. Because you keep... Who cares about the stupid gnat? I don't want it touching me. They're going to touch out. you. Anyway, on a lot of the online... Yeah! A lot of the online <sighs> video game forums... Yes! Many people hate the original... Yeah. Official N64 and Nintendo Well, they hate the, the analog stick. Well, they, oh, oh, look, it had three prongs. I don't know how to hold this thing. They're I stupid. never had a problem with it. Nintendo I don't, I don't, stupid. There's three handles. Yeah, I never had a problem with hands. it. And I'm like, this is one of the most comfortable controllers ever made. What is wrong with these people? Now, I don't know if you've read. So this one, they, this, they put this the trigger buttons version at the top. is tiny. Yeah, it's very small, you know, for small Japanese people. I don't people. like it. Every button. Oh, I like the well. The analog is good, but look, look, look. it clicks. Ooh, it's clickable. So what? All, right, All so of that's the people that. who hate the the official Nintendo 64 controller, they say, oh, it has three handles. Nintendo doesn't know what they're doing. They're stupid. This Hori version is better. And now that I just got to hold that, like, first of all, this thing is tiny. It's uncomfortable, and the the official N64 controller was fantastic. So comfortable. But anyway, all right, what else? So what is uh, this? Oh, no. So then I was just going to mention the... Uh, finally, there's a, there's also going to be a video game convention in New Jersey called a Video Game Con. I know, but what is it called? A Video Game Con. Which one? That's the name. <laughs> so, Very creative. I have two tickets. What's so. the name? Two tickets to where? To that. A Video Game Con. Which one? Uh, supposedly Billy Mitchell will be there. Two tickets to paradise. All right, put all right. So put that down. Hold on, I'm reading this. Come on, there's nothing in it. All right. So I don't know if I did. I show you this thing, the Lost oh, Encyclopedia. Whoa, this is heavy. But no, you did had not. Had it Barnes and Noble? No, you did not. Get out of here! Come on! This is Nat. Keeps going in my face. It's Dusty Rhodes reincarnated. I'm gonna kill him again. This photoshopping is terrible. Here's the thing with this thing. So they made it as like a, a like an encyclopedia of the show. Yeah. So they have all the props and little things and all that, and the characters. Right. The thing that I find unforgivable as an encyclopedia for a show is they don't put the actors' names. <laughs> I hate that. They're not actors. They're real people. Uh... <laughs> I know. It's pretty... Uh, wow, they're really going into a lot of depth here. Did you actually read this? No. <laughs> Alright, yeah, I'm not going to read that. No, I don't expect you to, I'm just saying. But thank you. Uh, so does it actually answer anything? Of course not. No, okay. Right, so here, this? well, this is the copy of Cassine Gaines. We don't need Rhodes. As you see, he had the bookmark of the. Uh, oh yeah. With the, uh, the hoverboard, the hoverboard on it. Nice. I mean, you've read the book. It's pretty much the same book that yeah. we that we read already. Of but uh, you know, he uh, this one does have the uh, pictures in the middle. So oh, yeah. if you want to see the photos that are in the book, I do. Buy the book. Eric was a terrible actor, but he knew how to skateboard. <laughs> what? That's what it says. Where? No, I'm kidding. Kidding. You know that's what they were thinking, though. Yeah. Um, 
So, celebrity death time. You ready? I am ready. Probably not. Always. Look at that, um, the original version, like a, a prototype movie poster. The fake Crispin Glover. Yeah, I know. He looked just like I was really annoyed that it wasn't Crispin Glover. Crispin Glover was a genius. Who said that? Leah Thompson. She did? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's so bad. The fake Crispin Glover again. Oh, man. Oh, well. All right, who do we got? All right, born December 9th, 1928, died June 23rd, 2015, 86 years old, died from diabetes. Diabetes. BD. Uh, Dick Van Patten. Yeah. He was the father on the TV show Eight is Enough. And he was in some Weird Al Yankovic music videos. <laughs> and he also made dog food. Right. He sold the dog food. And he was also in uh, Spaceballs, of course. Famous actor. Didn't uh, he won an Oscar? For what? Or, or, an, or an Emmy or something? Maybe an Emmy. No, I'm kidding. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, uh, next... Next one. Born February 6th, 1922. Died June 25th, 2015. 93 years old. Starred as John Steed in the TV series The Avengers. Mm -hmm. Actor Patrick McNee. McNee. That's right. He kind of took like this a bit. Patrick McNee. Mm -hmm. Okay. He's also in A View to a Kill. Starring Duran Duran. Yes. And uh, Christopher Walken. Right. As James Bond. No. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. I'll have that snake in not stood. Uh, Anyone else? Not that I care about. Well, there is a, a guy, but... Oh. He just died, so he's not going to be on this. Uh, this was kind of annoying because I was hoping to get him on uh, on Broadway. Harvey Firestein. Um, he was actually a very nice guy, from what I've heard. Uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, he was only in his show this year for like a month, or even less, and then uh, took ill. Mel Brooks. Uh, I don't know, we could probably do the born there. Abe Vigoda. No, he's actually still alive. Somehow. Right, born May 5th, 1944. Died July 11th, 2015. Welsh actor and director Roger Rees. Rees. Oh, Rees. Roger Rees. He was in uh, Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Oh, was he sheriff. was the, yeah, sheriff, uh, sheriff Rottingham, Rottingham, yeah, Nottingham, Rottingham, whatever it was. Uh, he was also in If Looks Could Kill. Don't know him. With uh, Richard Grieco. 
Why would I know that? It was like a James Bond ripoff. It was terrible, but... Was it a comedy? No. <laughs> and, of course, he was on, uh, like, the last some of the last seasons of uh, uh, Cheers. Oh, yeah, it's right. It was uh, Robin. Right. The uh, boyfriend of Kirstie Alley's uh, Rebecca. He was funny. Wasn't that her name, Rebecca? In, uh, Rebecca well, yeah, Kirstie, yeah. He was funny in, in um, Robin Hood. Mm. Yes, I know. Well, that was the thing, was I wanted to get him on the... The thing that had Carrie Elwes and, and Richard Lewis. Richard Lewis. Yeah. And, you know. Unfortunately, uh, I didn't get to. Uh, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. All right, one last thing. Sure. A big one. In, in video game archaeology. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. The discovery <laughs> of. Well, not, not really. Discovery. discovery but, the Nintendo PlayStation. Mm. Some guy came out of the woodwork online <coughs> yes. with, and now in the video game community, Psychopaths. we all know, right? We all know the history of the Sony PlayStation. <laughs> right. It started so, out as the Nintendo PlayStation. We all know this. This yeah. is not news. We know this. Yes. This is common knowledge. What it actually started out was it came from two different pieces. Two different realms kind of came together. You had Sony through their ImageSoft uh, wing. Which was bad. Yes. And you had Nintendo. Around that you know period of time when the Super Nintendo had come out, Nintendo were considering whether to add a CD medium to it. Right. It was the hot new thing. CD-ROM. TurboGrafx. Uh, PC Engine had done it. Yeah. Sega had done it. Yep. So that was the question, whether or not Nintendo would go ahead and do that. And, and both stunk, <coughs> and both flopped. They did. So but, okay. Um, so they were, you know, wondering whether to do that. It's a partner. On Sony's side, there was, uh, there was a guy, Olaf, uh, what the heck? Olafson. Is that his name? Or something like I that. I think it was. Yeah. And, Olaf uh, Olafson. Something like that. And then uh, Ken Kutaragi. Yeah. Who is still the head of... I think he's still the head of... Oh, he's not head of a PlayStation anymore? They threw him out? They got rid of... Well, after the PlayStation 3. Yeah, well... But that really wasn't a disaster at the end of the day. Well, but whatever. Not, they got rid of him. Anyway, so... <coughs> Ken Kutaragi had this... This vision For Sony that they would get into the console uh, game. He's like, look, you know, these other companies are making all this money. We should be in How do we business. get in? We want in. How do we get our foot in the door? But he knew about CDs and the CD medium and all that stuff. So originally, Sony was looking at uh, doing some kind of like multimedia system based on FMV video. This was back in like the late 80s. Like a, like a Philips CDI. Yeah, so they had bought, I think they had either bought somebody's technology or something like that, and it was terrible. And they, they were like, no, we can't sell this. It's <laughs> terrible. And that was why they well, had... terrible and expensive. Yeah. But that was why they had certain games like Night Night Trap or Corpse Killer or Mad Dog McCree or right. something like Sewer that. Sewer Shark. Yeah, but that, people looked at it and were like, why are these games look so bad? But they were shot in like 1988, even though they came out four years later because they were shot for this earlier system. And they, they were bad. So Sony was looking to do that. So I guess, you know, they got together Nintendo. Hey, why don't we try to do this? 
Remember, Nintendo... See, here's the thing. Nintendo was very... <laughs> strict? Yeah, but they held a lot of grudges, Nintendo. They're very strange. And they're very greedy. And the greed has done them in. Yeah, they're still around. Mm, barely. So, one of the things they were greedy about and annoyed was that when they made the Super Nintendo, the sound chip was a Sony sound chip. Yeah. And right, so they were yeah, they were right. constantly paying licenses for every console to Sony, right. <laughs> and they well, hated it very, that. It was a very good advanced sound chip. Yeah, it was much better than Genesis, <laughs> but they hated that. Of course. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they for like after the first couple of years when they re, um, when they uh, revised the SNES a little bit to make it like less components. Remember the original sound chip was like on its own daughter board and they put it integrated? Was that still the Sony? Had to be. No, oh, I thought they had replaced yeah. it. No, 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 no. Right. Same chip, yeah. So they hated that. So what happened was Sony and Nintendo got together and like, all right, well, Nintendo's like, all right, give us, you know, a prototype or whatever. So Sony went and made this prototype based on the Super Nintendo, Super Famicom, right. of a CD system called the PlayStation. Yeah. So I don't know how many of these were originally made, whatever, uh, but they were Sony property, yeah. and as as so they were out there. Eventually, Nintendo like in uh, went back on them because they didn't like the fact that Sony was going to get a lot of the the rights for the CD stuff. So they went, and Nintendo's like that. Nah, we're not doing it with you. Uh, we're going to Philips, which became the CDI. They also stopped that deal, which was a disaster, also. <laughs> right. Then Sony went to Sega of America and said, hey, why don't we make a system together, 32-bit? And the idiots at Sega Japan said, no, we will not. We will develop our own system. Hmm. That became the Saturn, which was a disaster. And Sega now, of course, is out of business. And Sony No, no there's still the software. But they've been out of the heart. The, the Saturn was the end of them. No, but soft. I mean, they're still a business. Barely but, but, a right, business. Right, much, much smaller. To, uh, yeah, on a much smaller scale. <coughs> So, these people, but, 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 you're forgetting something. At some point in that timeline, yeah. after the Nintendo-Sony deal, after the Nintendo-Philips deal, there was a Nintendo-Sony-Philips deal, which also fell through. I don't remember that. Yeah, that fell through. Anyway, so, they made some of these prototypes. Honestly... I don't think they were more than the Super Famicom with a CD, you know, attached to it, basically, that played of CDs. Right, naturally. And so what happened was, this guy... Now, there's some backstory. This has nothing to but do with this. But they were just prototypes. They were internal yes. prototypes. This has nothing to do with this story, but it's, it's weird that this, this kid, his father lived somewhere in the Philadelphia area of New Jersey, I think, or Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, right. But the irony is... Somebody also, like a year ago, found a Sega Pluto prototype in the same area. What is a Sega Pluto? That was a Sega Saturn prototype. It was, a, it was longer than a Saturn. It was kind of rectangular. And it was a Saturn with the Netlink integrated, like the modem integrated. There was nothing else about it. It was oh, just a prototype. Who cares? Anyway, so this kid found it and posted on like Reddit. And, of course, everybody's like, it's a hoax, it's a hoax. And he posts videos and, and all the stuff. and Pictures, yeah. Yeah, pictures. pictures. Now, now, keep in mind, up until this point, mm -hmm. 
where this guy came out of the woodwork yeah. and, and, and went public. All we had ever, right? Like I said, common knowledge. Yeah. Nintendo, Sony partnered up. There was this prototype Nintendo PlayStation CD-ROM version of the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Common knowledge. But up until now, we've only ever seen one, maybe two uh, photos or, or, or sketches of this prototype. There was an artist, uh, pro, you know, an artist sketch. Right. Of the Super Famicom with the CD attachment underneath. That was if if whenever it came out type of a thing. Right. There is a photo that has been out there of the prototype, like right. in perfect shape, the brand one, new. The one photo. Yeah, that was that all we've that existed. Only ever seen for the over one twenty years. Single photo. So this kid comes out with it. Now all he has is the system itself and a controller. That was it. He didn't have the AC adapter, or whatever. It was a great and story. A cartridge. Yes, a and a Super Famicom cartridge. But the disc is inside. He did, you know, right. It's in there, but he has he can't he hasn't turned it on yet. Right. So the backstory is, but that's a lot to have. Yes. <laughs> the backstory is the Olaf guy, who eventually left Sony, took that and a bunch of other stuff with him, started his own company in the '90s. Um, eventually, they moved around a bit. They were in New York at a time. And then, I don't know what happened. The company went under what the deal was. Uh, it was called Advanta. And so what happened was, this kid's father, who worked for some kind of... Um, or maybe that was his father, the company's father worked for. Yeah. They basically went in and cleaned up offices, threw stuff out, whatever. Right. So the father went in there, and I guess he did this a lot. He was like Fred Sanford. He collected yes. junk. Hey. So he went in there, uh, big dummy... And he, he went in there and he said, his father said, look, you know, I found the, they told him to clean out the guy Olaf's office. And he's like, there was boxes of, of game stuff. And he's like, I just couldn't bring myself to throw it out, thankfully. And so he, he hoarded it. Yeah, he took it, kept it. In his attic. In his attic. And the kid said, there's like other stuff in there too. He doesn't even look through it yet. 23 years. I'm hoping that like it didn't get melted by the heat. Um, so he. Doubt it. So he held it, had it the whole time, and he's like, you know, I remember my father had something up. Now, this kid's only in his 20s. He probably never even played a Super Nintendo, you know, in his childhood. So he was like, you know, I don't really, I think it's a Super Nintendo controller. I don't really remember. So he doesn't know a lot about it. So, long story short, um, there was a guy on the Assembler Games forum that I'm also on, and I've talked to this guy, Brian, who worked for Sony... Um, with this other guy that we that a lot of us know, Jerry Jessup, who worked for Sony. He's the guy that looks like George Lucas. Ah, George Lucas. Yeah. yeah. He was at Neva. Yes. Nava. I didn't go to that one. So they all kind of were like, yeah, yeah, this was being worked on. And the guy, Brian, confirmed it. He's like, not only is this real, but there's also at least three to five of them somewhere in Japan. Sony Japan. Uh, well, of course. With those people. And he's like... The next trip I have in the fall to Japan, I'm going to seek it out and, and show it and, and whatever. Right. So what the guy said, Brian said, was that two games were worked on. One of them was some kind of, um, oh, God, it was some kind of bad. It's like a helicopter game or, or airplane game. Or uh, no, 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 no. That no. was one of them. Yeah, one of them was called. It was a helicopter game. Yeah, I forget what it was called. It started with an F. 
They said that game never came out on any system. The other game eventually was sold as some CD game on the Sega CD. Yeah. Um, but the other game was just like a, a demo. And he's like, well, you know, I really hope that it's on this disc because that the guy, you know, and, and the guy's like, you know, my boss threw out all these VHS demos that we had of it and so whatever. So this kid has it and, you know, the people are arguing with him like, Oh, you have to sell it to a museum. Oh, don't put any power supply. You'll break it. Oh, don't open it up. Right. Open it up. They're, you know, they're badgering the poor guy. Right. Sell it. Don't sell it. So we'll see what eventually uh, comes of it. Still hasn't turned it on yet. No. Well, the, the kid lives Two in... Two weeks later. The kid lives in Denver. So I think he went back home with it to Denver. You know, the father lives in Philadelphia area, and so we'll see. But people have contacted him that are pretty knowledgeable. And the guy Brian even said, he's like, look, you know, I'll even offer the assistance of engineers that built it. Yeah. That are in this, in the, that are in the United States. Yeah. That would know what actually to do with it. Yeah. So we'll see what eventually, uh, eventually happens. I think the kid was a bit overwhelmed. <laughs> By by uh, by the situation, but I'm just thinking like what it would be worth comparatively. And I mean, to me, if you look at all prototype video game systems, to me, um, I mean, the Sega Neptune is is an infamous one, obviously, which was the Genesis 32X combination. But to me, I would think the number one still on my list of a game system. I mean, you have the Atari Cosmos things that never came out. But to me, I, w I always felt the, the Nintendo AVS, which was the prototype that preceded the NES, the NES yeah. that had the wireless controllers and everything like that. Right. The cassette tape player. Yeah. I mean, the thing was like fully developed. That was the thing that was at the Nintendo World Store yeah, for I years. And of course, they took it away before I saw it. To me, that would always be like number one in my book. I don't know how many exist. Right. Maybe just the one doubt it more well they're not just going to manufacture one that's true well where are the others nobody else has them in the vault Ugh. in the basement eh. so um that would be like one of the top ones but this one could could be right up there with it i mean there's no question um realistically hmm. realistically if that person were to sell it or auction it off how high would it go realistically? What's a realistic price, do you think, in your experience? It's hard to say because the Sega Pluto, there were two people who had them. The one, the one guy, like I said, was trying to sell it, yeah. and he kept, he got like eight thousand on Game Gavel and then pulled it. Didn't meet his reserve. Then he went to eBay and had it up to fifteen thousand. Didn't meet his reserve and wow. pulled it from there. So I don't know where that thing is and who has it now. So, I mean, it could go high. 20 grand. Probably more. 50 grand. I think 50,000. I think that's 40, insane. 40,000. Well, I think it's insane, too, for an old broken toy it, that nobody it cares all about. It really all depends on if it works. That's, and some people are yeah, like, well, you know, it might be worth more if it doesn't work so that you could be the first to try it. I'm What? What are you, or what planet are you that on? Doesn't make any sense. Um, and I, the only reason I say forty thousand is because not even a game console, a game cartridge. Ugh. 
Air Raid sold for thirty thousand. Well, that was the one that had the box and the manual. Who cares? It's an Atari Twenty Six Hundred bootleg game. I know, but the difference is thirty thousand dollars. I know, but those Atari guys are like in a league of their own in terms of crazy collecting. At stadium events was thirty thousand dollars. Ridiculous. I think it could go for $30,000. The hard, believe it or not, the hardware does not fetch the insane prices that some of the software fetches. But this comes with software. Who knows what it is, though? But still. <laughs> True. So, yeah, I we'll see. Still in here. I know. We'll get out of here. I'll kill it. Well, you've been doing a terrible job at it. Well, because it keeps moving. Uh, is that it? Sword of Omens, come to my hand. I, Lionel, command it. Thunder, thunder, thundercats. Ho! Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, guys. Yeah. Okay, um, what can I tell you? Somebody had so little time. Uh, let's go back in time.